Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 welcome to the pat williams power hour on the new 950 wtln this is your hour when orlando magic senior vice president pat williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you and now here's your host pat williams Welcome once again to the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. Uh, you're listening to AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida, and we always look forward to our visits with you. Uh, Alan Dempsey is the engineer, and a good one, a very good one. Uh, Andrew Herdliska is our producer each weekend. And uh, Sandra McCollum joins us in this first half hour uh, from her home in the St. Louis area. Her new book is out, I Tried Until I Almost Died. Waterbrook is the publisher, From Anxiety and Frustration to Rest and Relaxation. Uh, nice of you to join me, Sandra. How you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. What was going on with your life? Your first chapter is called Prison Break, Finding Release from the Shackles of Endless Expectations. Tell me about what was happening with you. Right. Well, for the first 34 years, of my life as a Christian. I I actually received Jesus at the age of eight. But for the first 34 years, I lived um, trying so hard to live the Christian life the way that I thought I was supposed to. And I really lived in a mental prison uh, under rules and regulations. I just thought, you know, God was mad at me if I didn't do everything right. And I lived, because of that, I lived in a lot of anxiety and frustration. I was always trying to do everything right. That caused me to be frustrated because, as we know, we can't be perfect. (laughs) And I was trying to do it on my own, in my own efforts. And so that was also causing me to be frustrated because we can't do that either. But I tried to live that way for 34 years and also even just uh, outside of the Christian aspect of it, just in my normal everyday life, you know, just doing my list of expectations, my tasks at home. Uh, Part of that time I was working, but then part of that time I've been a stay-at-home mom and homeschooling my girls. And either way, I always had my long list of expectations. I mean, from the moment I put my feet on the floor every morning, I would be like, okay, I've got this list and I want to make sure I get all these things accomplished today so that I can feel like I'm worth something, so that I can feel like I'm valuable. And really, I didn't know that I was doing this, believe it or not. I didn't know. All I knew was, okay, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to live life, you know, and do it the right way. And I'm trying to be pleasing to God. And, man, I was just trying so hard that, yes, I did almost die. (laughs) I felt like I did anyway. And then we move to the next topic. When we come to the end of ourselves, how the promise of grace brings rest to our weary souls. Yes. Oh, after 34 years of living this way, I, you know, just over and over again, frustrated, anxious all the time, even had major health problems because of the stress I was living under. At the end of 2011, after I had just 
been released from the doctor uh, from a two-and-a-half-year uh, health nightmare. Um, I just said to God one day, it was right after Christmas time in 2011, I said, I can't do this anymore, God. I can't live the Christian life. I, I just can't do it. And so it, it, in essence, I gave up. I was just like, I, I keep trying, but I just can't live up to these expectations that you have of me that I thought he had of me. I was thinking wrong at the time, but I didn't know it. And so I said that, and it was one week later during my uh, devotional time with God in the morning, because I was real consistent about having my devotional time with him, 5.30 in the morning, that I was having my time, and I just felt like the love of God swept into the room like a tidal wave. And God just made it very clear to me that morning that I'm okay that he loves me for me, not for what I do, and that I am okay, that he, and he set me on a journey that day to understand his grace. I had heard the word grace, you know, throughout my Christian life, but I did not know it, but I didn't understand what it meant. And so he wanted to show me the riches of his grace toward me. And that changed my life around, I mean, I was really living backwards before. I was doing all these things to try to be pleasing to God instead of realizing and understanding, which is what happened to me on January 2nd of 2012, a week after I cried out to God and said, I give up. He helped me see that I was pleasing to him, that he already did love me, that I didn't have to do anything to get him to love me. Mm. That changed my entire existence. We've been looking at it all wrong. Topic number three, when we truly believe in grace, everything changes. Yes. It, when we do, when we, believe, when we live our life from a place of grace, from a place of, you know, God, knowing that God loves us, that we don't have to try to earn his love, and that he extends his grace to us, then we actually do end up living um, actually a much more effective life than we ever lived before. As I said before, one of the things that I did was constantly trying to check off my list all day long. Okay, i got to get all these things done. Well, I felt like a failure at the end of almost every day. I didn't get near all my list done, and I would just feel like, well, I'm just, I'm just a failure. And then the next morning, I would, my willpower would pick me back up again and stand me back up when I woke up in the morning and Let's try it again. Okay, because I was a real bubbly person. Okay, I can do this. But I was doing it all in my own effort. And so then after I started to receive God's grace, and after God taught me to take my faith out of my own efforts and place it in his grace and the fact that in his ability, because he lives in me, Jesus lives in me because I've received him as my Savior, and so his ability is in me, but I was depending on myself. After I made that switch mm-hmm. and began to depend on grace instead of myself, oh my goodness, the difference was amazing. I began to not only get my list done, but get my list done plus more. My level of effectiveness just shot through the roof because I was depending on him and not me. My guest is uh, Sandra McCullum. Uh, she's in the St. Louis area, and we're talking about her book. It's called I Tried <clears throat> Until I Almost Died. Uh, we move to part two, and the first topic here is trying harder is not the answer. The grace-led life gives us victory over sin. 
It sure does. And I cannot even count. I've lost count of how many things that God has changed in my life in the last three years, three and a half years now it's been, since I have come into a revelation of his grace because of the way I'm living now in depending on him and not myself. Uh, One quick example would be that I used to be late almost everywhere that I went. And I would feel bad about it. I would feel guilty about it. I would always apologize to the person. Oh, I'm sorry, you know, but nothing ever changed. I was still late. For so many years, I had a real major problem with this. And one day I was driving somewhere. I was going to be late to meet my grandma. And I began to get to feel guilty again. And then God just showed me, no, no, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm. Now I know I have something that I didn't have before. First of all, I had learned God loves me no matter what, whether I do the right thing or the wrong thing. He loves me. And so he showed me that, you know, just receive my love right now. Even though you're going to be late, go ahead and receive my love. Also, I had learned I am righteous in him. My righteousness is a gift because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. He traded my sin for his righteousness. Thank God for sending Jesus. And so I received that that day, and I even spoke out of my mouth as I was driving to meet my grandma. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not because of what I do, but just because of Jesus. And I am not uh, more righteous if I'm on time and less righteous if I'm late. I am actually righteous in him, period, end of the conversation. And the other thing that I've learned is that because of the blood of Jesus, I am forever forgiven for my sins, past, present, and future. And so on the way to my meet my grandma that day, I said, I receive your forgiveness, God. I am forgiven right now. So I received his love, the gift of righteousness, and forgiveness. And I did that that day. I did that that day, but then I continued to do that every time I went somewhere and I was going to be late, which was often. (laughs) And I remember something amazing happening after about three times of me doing this while driving somewhere, knowing that I was going to be late, something changed in my heart. And I told my husband, I said, something's happened to me. My guest is Sandra McCullum. We're talking about her book. I tried until I almost died. Waterbrook is the publisher. We've got more with Sandra here on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. It's AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Just make it all stop for a few minutes. Help me, God. Three deadlines, four meetings. Uh, Looks like another late night at the office. Help me, God. I keep coming to these to forget my loneliness. So why do I still feel so alone? Help me, God. Help me, God. We all have moments where we feel we've reached the end of our rope. Discover freedom from anxiety, stress, and fear when you spend time in God's Word. Crosswalk.com is here to help you start living a life filled with joy and peace. Choose to read the Bible and talk to God each day. Receive free daily devotionals from well-known pastors and authors, including Max Lucado, John Piper, Charles Stanley, James McDonald, and more. Find the inspiration and encouragement you need for each day sent right to your inbox. Sign up at Crosswalk.com. That's Crosswalk. 
Tired of dentures that slip? Fed up with the gooey adhesives? <laughs> the taste and the mess? Yuck. Maybe you don't wear dentures, but you have a few teeth that are in need of replacing. Let me guess, the expense is holding you back, right? Well, we have your solution. Half Price Dental Implants. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com and click on Half Price Dental Implants. No gimmicks, no tricks, just fine quality implants so you can have the smile you've always wanted. And for half the price. Hurry, this offer will go fast. Log on now at AmazingRadioDeals.com for Half Price Dental Implants. The following is a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-758-5360. We called them, they contacted all of our creditors, they stopped the collections calls, they got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-758-5360. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. My guest is Sandra McCollum from the St. Louis area. Her book is called I Tried Until I Almost Died. Next topic, Sandra. Are you ready to let God love you? The grace led life frees us from the weight of guilt. Yes. And so when I learned that. Living under guilt and condemnation, which I lived under a lot, when I learned that that was not going to get me anywhere, that actually all that did was drag me into more sin more often. And when I learned through, you know, coming into this revelation of God's grace, that when I actually allowed myself to feel guilty and condemned for things, what it really was was me dishonoring what Jesus did for me on the cross. He paid the price for me. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this anymore. And I stopped living under guilt and condemnation. And it has just made such a difference in my spiritual life. I mean, honestly, my spiritual life has just taken off like a rocket when I stopped living in guilt and condemnation. Now I want you to talk about nothing you do will change his love for you. The grace-led life releases us from the pressure to perform. Yes, and that is a pressure that I lived under for so many years and many people. I've found out that many, many Christians live under that. They think that God has this long list of rules that they're supposed to follow, and if they don't, he's going to be mad at them. But honestly, that's living life backwards, and that's what I did for so many years. When we live in the truth of knowing God loves me whether I do the right thing or the wrong thing. It's not doesn't mean that we just go and try to do the wrong thing, but the thing is is if we are living in his love, we're actually not going to live walking around thinking, "Well, I want to do the wrong thing." Because when we focus on how much God loves us, which is what I where I had to start, I had to start there. And I just kept receiving his love and receiving his love. And then, of course, that makes us want to love him in return. And then we live life the way that we should. doesn't mean we're perfect, of course. Nobody's perfect. But we, we just grow by leaps and bounds in being the person that God created us to be because we live from that place of knowing that he loves us, and then we just want to love him in return. 
why we do matters less than whom we follow. Uh, the grace-led life trades rules for relationship. Yes. Oh, another just huge thing that I had to learn was it's not about keeping the rules. It's about having this awesome, vibrant relationship with Jesus. And the way that we get the desire to want to even keep the rules is by focusing on relationship. And so we just, you know, concentrate on just letting Jesus love us every day, loving him in return, and just talking to him all throughout the day, um, inviting him into all of those little aspects of our life and knowing that he cares about all those, everything. He really cares about everything that concerns us. And when we do that, then, as I said before, we just fall so deeply in love with Jesus that we will want to live our lives right. Doesn't mean we'll be perfect, but even when we do do something wrong, we go right back to relationship. We don't run from God, see, because we think, oh, I did something wrong. I have to hide. He's going to be mad at me. We run right back to that relationship, like that scripture that says we go to, we can go boldly to the throne of grace mm-hmm. to receive help in our time of need. Instead of running away, being in guilt and living in guilt and condemnation, we run to God and we know that nothing can break that relationship between us and him, nothing we do can break that, then that causes us to live a better life than ever before. Let's move on to the next topic, Sandra. Leave your worries behind. The grace-led life fills us with peace. Yes, 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 yes. One of the most wonderful things, because I lived in frustration and anxiety, and I know that a lot of Christians live here, because I keep hearing them tell me that, oh, man, I've been living my life that same way, just feeling like, you know, I have to measure up somehow. Um, I I can't ever do it good enough. And so the grace-led life causes us to be able to trade our worries for peace, because we know that he's taking care of things. Again, it's about depending on him, trusting in him, and knowing that he gives us the ability to live the way that we need to live, to respond to people the way that we need to respond to, um, and just just all the little worries in life that come up. I mean, I've learned to pray about everything that comes up, every little thing, and I teach my kids to do the same thing. We stop so many times during the day, and we pray, and we give it to God, and because we refuse to worry, John fourteen twenty seven is an awesome scripture talking about how we need to not allow ourselves to be um, agitated and disturbed, and that Jesus said in that, uh, that scripture says, Jesus said, I give you my peace, not the peace that the world gives but my special peace I give you. Do not allow yourself to be agitated and disturbed and unsettled. And that's something that we have to choose to do, and we will walk in Jesus' peace when we do that. God's got you covered. The grace-led life pushes aside fear. It sure does. (laughs) I used to be um, afraid of spiders. I mean, I had a phobia, actually, of spiders. And to the point where I could not even walk around my house, 
I would think, you know, oh, my gosh, when I go around that corner, is there going to be a spider? We actually have brown recluses here in Missouri, and we have seen some in our house. And I, when I found out, that because we moved here about six years ago now, when I found out there were brown recluses here, I just broke out into a hot flash. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be able to stay here. I can't stand this. And what I found out is when I began to let God's love in, 1 John 4.18 says that God's love dispels fear in our life. When I began to let his love in and focus every day and all throughout the day on how much he loves me, and this is the way I live now. I mean, I walk around doing what I do, living in his love. And when I began to do that, I noticed that as his love came in, all these different fears I had went out. And the fear of spiders was one of the things that God freed me from. I remember walking around my house one day after, you know, except beginning to accept his love as I do, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm not afraid of spiders anymore. <laughs> and I truly do not have a fear of spiders. I mean, I'll go on the attack now, man. I don't have to call my husband to help me. I'll, uh, I can take care of it myself. I don't have to tell my kids, get your dad. I can't, I can't deal with this, you know, because I would literally be paralyzed before. But God's love dispels fear in our life. Sandra McCollum is with us. <clears throat> Her book is called I Tried Until I Almost Died. Let God do the heavy lifting. The grace-led life rises above trials and doubts. Yes. Um, Jesus even said we would go through trials. And I here's how I believe. I don't believe God puts trials on us. I do believe that he can cause all things that we do go through, though, to work out for the good. And so as we keep our eyes on him... When we do go through trials, and we do, I mean, our family just, our whole family was just sick. And what I used to believe about trials is that I was being punished by God when I went through a trial. I, I had obviously done something wrong, and he was mad at me and punishing me. And I, was, I had wrong believing in that area. I believed wrong. And now I don't believe that way anymore. I know that because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, we are released from the curse he paid the price for us. He took the punishment for our sin. And so God will never again punish us as believers in Jesus um, when we do something wrong. So he doesn't put trials on us to try to teach us a lesson or anything like that. But we do still go through things just because we live in this fallen world. But as we continue to keep our eyes on Jesus, and just like um, the story of Peter in the boat and you know, walking on the water. When he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on water. But when he um, got his eyes on the storms of life and began to look around him and did not keep his eyes locked on Jesus, that's when he began to sink. But thank God that even when we do do that, Jesus will reach down and lift us up. He is for us. He is never against us. And when people learn this, boy, they can just live life in such victory. Now, uh, I want you, Sandra, to get into this topic. People are God's priority. The grace-led life flows out of us in love for others. Yes, I love this topic. And really, I could almost just start get choked up and start crying on this topic because I believe it's love that's going to change the world. And I believe it's Christians loving 
people that is going to change the world. And this is the way that Jesus lived. This is the way that Jesus did ministry when he walked this earth. He did not judge people. He did not point out all the things they were doing wrong. He went around doing good to people and loving people. And that's the way that that happens to us when we finally come to the place where we are accepting God's love for ourselves. We have to be accepting God's love for ourselves and his grace towards us, or we cannot give it out. It is actually impossible. And so what's happened to me, you know, I used to bury my family under rules and bury myself under rules, and now that I have begun to receive God's love and grace for myself, it, I've noticed that it just began to spill out of me in love for others. And I would also be judgmental towards other people, towards, you know, unbelievers or even other believers. I would be judgmental. I, really, I was a Pharisee, you know, before I understood grace, because I would judge and I would be like, well, I don't do that. You do that. You sin in that way. Boy, I don't do that. I was always comparing myself to other people. But I, that did not do anybody any good. Me comparing myself to them or me judging them did not do them one ounce of good. But I believe as Christians begin to love, unconditionally love people, no matter what they're doing, realize we have to see beyond what people do. And God can give us the grace to do this. He's given me the grace to do this. We can see beyond what people are doing, and we can see them as this is a person that Jesus died for. Don't focus on their behavior. Don't focus on those things. Focus on the fact that this is a person that Jesus died for, and the only reason they are acting like this is because they don't know how much God loves them. They don't know that he's good. Maybe they have been taught wrong. Maybe they, maybe other Christians have turned them off by stuff they've said, you know, that, oh, maybe they think God's mad at them because, just like I did for many years, and they're living under that stress and that pressure because when you go around all the time thinking God is mad at you or that God's, you know, uh, just waiting to, you know, chastise you for something, you know, that you did wrong. When you go around thinking that, it just it just warps the way that you live. And so we need to see people as, you know, someone that Jesus died for and extend God's love to them. We have an opportunity to be change agents in this world for Christ, but we need to love people with unconditional love and the only way we can do that is by receiving God's unconditional love for ourselves on a regular basis. You, you can't argue with results. Experience the exhilaration of the grace-filled life. That's how you close your book. Yes, it is. And what I talk about is the difference in my life from, you know, how I used to live not under God's grace, living under the law, and now the way that I live under his grace and how, oh my goodness, my life has just, I just feel like I'm so blessed. And I believe that's because I'm not depending on my own efforts anymore. I'm depending on his grace. Even the fact that I got this, you know, book contract with Penguin Random House. I mean, they're just an amazing publisher. Oh my goodness. And Waterbrook Multnomah, you know, is a division of Penguin Random House, and it was just such a a miracle, you know, that God opened up that door, and what I did is I just wrote the book, 
I felt like I was supposed to write a book. My husband actually suggested that I write a book because he saw the amount of peace I was living in as opposed to before. He didn't even know what I was going to be like when I walked in the door each night. So after about six months of me living in this peace, you know, steadily living in God's peace, and I still, it's been three and a half years and it hasn't gone away. It's not going anywhere. I live in peace now. He said, you need to write a book. My guest has been Sandra McCullum. And uh, we've got more after this on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. It's AM 950, WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your host, Dr. Daniel Forbes, and attorney, Delton Chen. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design, right here on the new 950 WDLM. Looking for more than just a job? Searching for a career path with a higher calling? With a company who wants you for your life skills as well as your job skills? Find a career you can believe in. Find your true calling at ChristianJobs.com. ChristianJobs.com is the largest Christian employment website with thousands of job listings in the Christian sector. Get connected with outstanding employers that share your values and understand there's more to you than what's in your resume. I've always wanted to focus my energies in the Christian community because, to me, having a career means more than just a paycheck. ChristianJobs.com allowed me to apply all my skills in a meaningful way. Find your true dream job today at ChristianJobs.com. I found not only my dream job, but my calling at ChristianJobs.com. Once you see the long list of quality job opportunities available, you'll never settle for just a job again. Visit ChristianJobs.com. ChristianJobs.com. It's time for back to school already, and don't tell the kids, hold, the, hold your hands over their ears, but it's back to school time. Last year, the headlines were filled with testing issues, right? Remember that? And all that building confusion in Orange County? Well, the mission to educate our children seemed to get lost in all of that. Well, it's time to make the switch to a better way to enrich our kids. And the education that you get from a private Christian education is perfect. And now we can introduce you some of the best in Central Florida with half-price tuition, but only for a limited time. So make sure you get over to AmazingRadioDeals.com, and then we'll look forward to hearing from you amazing radio deals.com you're listening to the pat williams power hour on the new 950 wtln and now here's pat all things you can do right where you are claire nice to chat with you how's everything in argentina it is great. It is a freezing cold winter day, but it is lovely to speak with, with you warm weather souls up north. How about that? And it's 95 degrees here in Orlando. Oh, <laughs> and, you're fr- and you're freezing in Argentina. Oh, boy. Well, let's plow into your book, The Better Life. What uh, What's the reason behind this? You know, I've tried to do some big things in my life, but again and again, I find that it's really the small things that are what really make a difference. And even when the big things fail, it's the small things that, that matter day in and day out. And uh, a few years ago, I was writing 
about this on my blog. And the way I was writing about it is I was writing a few short posts that were basically just sharing ideas for little things people could do on a daily basis to make their life a bit better. And I, I didn't think they were a big deal, uh, but they really, really resonated with readers. And so the, the book idea grew out of that. And this book is a, it's a small book of, of stories, of things that will help you to try to live a little bit better each and every day. Well, there's a whole bunch of them, and I'm eager to get your take on them. So let's get started. Uh, the first thing you tell us is set your intentions. Uh, what does that mean? You know, we are never going to get where we're going in life unless we have some sort of goal in mind or some sort of idea of what we want. And some years ago, I, I read of this idea of creating a word of the year for yourself. Mm. And essentially, it's a way to kind of frame going about setting intentions, because setting intentions sounds, sounds hard and sounds big. So this, this very tangible idea is coming up with one word or one phrase that you want to embody you in the year or the season ahead of you. And it's something that I started doing about four years ago now, and it's just been really, really powerful to me. You know, it's, it's that one word that tells you when you're not sure if you should say yes or no, when you're not sure if you should pursue an opportunity or sit at home, it, it kind of directs you, and it really has made a difference in my life. Next topic, become a morning person, you write. Wow. Now, this is a hard one because I'm not hardwired to be a morning person. That said, you know, all kinds of studies show that morning people are actually happier sometimes and often feel more productive. So I, I tried to become a morning person some years ago, and I, I'm not a 5 a.m. waker by any means. I, I sleep more than most folks that I know, but I still believe in being a morning person. And what that means to me really is doing my best work in the morning. So knowing that that's when I'm at my highest energy levels, and that's when I can get sort of that that big creative and strategic thinking work done. And then that's when I really should focus and, and go hard. Claire Diaz-Ortiz, the book is called The Better Life, Small Things You Can Do Right Where You Are. Uh, try the present principle. What's that, Claire? So some years ago, I started a, a morning routine for myself, and I, I was doing a few different things each and every day, and I needed some sort of acronym to remind me of what they were. And I realized that these things that I was doing really were about keeping me in the present. It was about, you know, praying and, and reading a devotional and journaling and sitting by myself in silence and these sort of powerful things. And so I came up with this acronym PRESENT, and each of the letters in the word makes up sort of one of those main things that I do each and every morning that I think are really essential to focusing me and to getting me ready for the day ahead. And I, I swear it's, you know, it's, it's one of the most important things I do all year is, is sticking to that morning routine. Next topic, say yes. Mm. You know, say yes is an interesting one because I think so much of the Internet these days is telling us to say no, which is equally important. And I talk about that in the book as well. But saying yes is all about knowing when when it's time to to embrace an opportunity or to embrace a person and knowing when something that comes along fits with your big intention and knowing that, you know, the best thing you can do at a time like that is just to say yes and go all in. And then say no. Yeah, and saying no is one of the harder things that most of us do on a daily basis because 
we typically fill up our lives with so many small yeses that we we <laughs> don't have any any room for life essentially. And so saying no is all about making room for life and making room for those really big powerful yeses that you that you really should be should be embracing. So saying no is a hard, hard challenge, but it's something that I certainly try to work on every day. It's it's very very difficult. Um, you know, many times things come into my inbox and I just want to immediately agree because, you know, you get a rush, you get a rush of pleasing people and of saying yes and of thinking of a new opportunity. But, um, quite honestly, we need to, to pare down in our lives in order to live a life of meaning. And now Claire, learn to rest. You tell us. Yeah. So one of my words of the year during one year was rest. And it was really powerful to me and really convicted me in, in the meaning of what it means to rest and to be okay with that as a concept. You know, so many of us work so hard, whether it's it's in our work lives or in our social lives or, you know, hosting others in our homes or in our churches. And some of the time we just need to sit back and just say, it's okay for me to put my feet up and do nothing today or this week on vacation. And it's one of the best things we can do for our productivity and, and for sanity, um, resting is, is about sort of knowing who you are and, and being in the now. Do something big. Yeah, now doing something big, I think the key here is if you if you make a good life by doing small good things each and every day, you prepare yourself to do something really big. And I think that it's important to remember that something really big is probably already happening in your life right now, today, wherever you are. You might be raising a family, you might be working in a, in a job and doing a really wonderful, um, wonderful effort of it. Um, but you're probably doing something or starting something big already. And so it's about time to, to realize what that is and to, to do it even better than before, essentially. Find the peace around you is your next topic. Yeah. You know, finding the peace around you in, in a world where we are constantly distracted digitally and, we have a million things and we're always running at, at, at full force. Finding the peace around you is really just finding a moment of stop. Um, I, I heard some years ago that there was this practice that some people do where they just sit and just do nothing. They're not praying. They're not meditating. They're just sitting there and doing nothing. And it's kind of an amazing way to really think about what, what, what you can do to, to be peaceful and to find peace around you. And there are, you know, different tips and uh, strategies for finding this peace, but ultimately the, the key is just to look for it in each and everything, even in a moment of stress or busyness, because it is there and um, and you can cultivate it. Realize that sometimes it's not going to be what you thought it would be. Yeah. You What's... know, some of this is just accepting. It's accepting that sometimes the, the things you dream up in your home office or, you know, as a kid, at home when you're playing are not going to be exactly as you dream them to be. And sometimes that means they're going to be so much bigger and better and you just can't see it yet. But for right now, you just need to accept that it wasn't what you thought and that's okay. And now it's time to put one foot in front of the other and keep, keep moving. And now Claire, live through the hurt. Yeah. You know, live through the hurt. I think each and every one of us have, have hurts in our lives. We have big things that happen to us that hurt us, and we have small things that happen on a, on a daily basis that hurt us. And living through them is just about remembering that you can live 
really, really amazing life in the midst of all of that. And you can do as as well as you possibly can, even if even if things are hard. And some people have huge, huge burdens to bear, but um, even they can can you know walk slowly and through baby steps get through. And I think just living through the herd is all is all about embracing sort of the positivity around us. And um, you know, for me, a huge aspect of that is my faith, but just realizing that um, there is good around us and, and we can find it if we look for it. My guest is Claire Diaz-Ortiz. She's in Argentina, and uh, <clears throat> we're talking about her book, The Better Life. Keep up the search, Claire, you tell us. That's the next topic. Yeah, keeping up the search, man. <laughs> it's funny. Some years ago, I, I remember I was so so exhausted one day from um, trying my dream, from trying to work at my dream that I just wanted to kind of give up. And keeping up the search is all about making sure that you don't, whatever the search is in your life, whatever it is you're, you're searching for, something in your family, something in your work, it's all about making sure that you, you know, stick to it and persevere and stay with it and stay with it even when, you know, things get rocky because things, things will get rocky, but your job is to stay the course. And now I want you to talk about be open to see. What does that mean? Being open to see is is being open to see kind of the, the beauty and the amazingness that is around you that sometimes you, you don't see at all. I um, was very convicted in this idea some years ago when I, I spent a year traveling around the world, and the last stop on that trip around the world was um, Kenya, where I went to climb the mountain. And before I went to climb the mountain that day, Someone had suggested I stay overnight at a guest house, and the guest house, as it turned out, was on the um, grounds of an orphanage. And so when I arrived, the orphanage elders they invited me to to a lunch at the orphanage. And you know, it was that day again. I was just there to climb a mountain. I had no interest in orphans or orphanages, and that was the day I think in my life when I've been most open to see. And so I I, I you know opened my eyes wide and realized that I wasn't supposed to climb a mountain. I was supposed to stay at that orphanage for a year, and ultimately that. That year really changed my life completely, and I think it was all because, you know, on that day I was in a place where I was, I was really, really open to seeing. And it's a hard thing because so many of us are head down on whatever we are in the midst of in our lives right now. But it's really important to try to be open as much as you can to see what is really happening around you. Be who you are. You know, people talk about being your authentic self. And it's kind of this this phrase that you can read in in a lot of books that you know promise to um, to help you be a better you. And I think it's really interesting because really your authentic self is really just being who you are. And it's not not denying what you really want. It's not denying what you're really good at. And it's really embracing all those little things that make you the unique you that that you are. And I think for me, you know, writing this book is just one sort of example of me trying to be who I am. You know, a part of me is, is being a writer, is writing things like this, and I want to embrace that and be that. And so um, I, I really stand by this. I really want more people to be who, who they really are. Celebrate your real life. Celebrating your real life is an interesting one. You know, I spend a lot of my life online. Um, whether it's for work or play, I, I'm online a lot. And um, I remember some years ago, maybe it was a year and a half ago or so, a, a wonderful writer, Shauna Nyquist, wrote a post 
about how, you know, she wanted people to, quote, stop Instagramming their lives. And the idea behind this is just that, you know, especially on social media and on digital media today, it's so easy to paint this amazing picture of, of what your life really is, um, of what you want your life to, to look like and what you want others to see it as. And sometimes, sometimes that's not really who you really are. It's not really being very true to yourself and it's not really being very candid and honest about sort of, you know, the, the messy closets or the dirty kitchen. And so, Celebrating your real life is all about trying to celebrate those things, trying to let people in to understand, you know, the life you really lead and ultimately who you who you really are. Do a good thing for you. You know, it's really important for me each and every day to do something that nourishes me. And I, I do this as part of my morning routine. And sometimes I don't get to it in the morning, but sometimes it happens in the afternoon. But I think that finding something small that you can do each and every day that makes you makes you feel good, makes you feel happy, makes you feel powerful, and makes you feel grateful is really, really important. You know, whether that's reading a novel or, or doing a crossword puzzle or whatever it may be. And so I think that it's very easy not to do because we are all so busy all the time. But um, I, I just wish more people could find a little bit of time in their life to, to really nourish themselves each and every day. Well, my guest is uh, Claire Diaz-Ortiz from Argentina, where she lives. We're talking about her book, The Better Life, Small Things You Can Do Right Where You Are. We've got another segment with Claire, so I want you to stay with us. Uh, Just a reminder, my name is Pat Williams, your host for the Weekend Power Hour. We do it every weekend on AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. And always delighted when you join us. So uh, hang in there uh, after the break. More with Claire Diaz-Ortiz here on AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Tired of dentures that slip? Fed up with the gooey adhesives? <laughs> the taste and the mess? Yuck. Maybe you don't wear dentures, but you have a few teeth that are in need of replacing. Let me guess, the expense is holding you back, right? Well, we have your solution. Half Price Dental Implants. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com and click on Half Price Dental Implants. No gimmicks, no tricks, just fine quality implants so you can have the smile you've always wanted. And for half the price, hurry, this offer will go fast. Log on now at AmazingRadioDeals.com for Half Price Dental Implants. Start your own business? They'll say you're crazy to put everything on the line to be your own boss. But not GoDaddy. We like that courageous, passionate kind of crazy. And we can help you put the idea or business you're crazy passionate about online. With our Get Online Today Toolkit, you get a memorable domain name, a professional website, and a personalized email powered by Microsoft Office 365. It's not expensive? It's not. For a limited time, GoDaddy's Get Online Today Toolkit is just $1 a month. Just $1. With the purchase of an annual plan, starting your dream business or putting your business online isn't crazy. Passing on GoDaddy.com's Get Online Today Toolkit for only $1 a month? That's a little crazy. We've helped millions of small business owners, and we can help you too. Try the Get Online Today Toolkit from GoDaddy.com and get a domain name, a website, and email for only $1 a month. Oh, yeah, the web hosting and 24-7 live customer support? Totally free. Check it out at GoDaddy.com slash radio. That's GoDaddy.com slash radio. Domain included with annual plan only. See site for details. For hours of good, clean family fun, log on to GodTube.com. Your favorite Christian inspirational videos, music videos, comedians, and more. Available 24-7 at GodTube.com.
You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Claire Diaz-Ortiz is with us. We're working our way through her book, The Better Life, Small Things You Can Do Right Where You Are. Uh, Moody Press uh, did the book. Learn to waste time well, you tell us, Claire. It's so funny that we all spend so much of our lives thinking that we shouldn't waste a moment of our time. But in reality, if you waste time well, it can be one of the, the smartest things you, you do each and every day. And so one of the things I like to tell people about kind of this tip and this idea of wasting time well is that, you know, one of the worst ways you can waste time is to, for example, get in an Internet vortex, you know, to turn on your computer and just sort of check Facebook and check email and check Twitter and go back and forth and open all your tabs and just sort of stay in that cycle. That's a way to waste time without, without even realizing you're doing it and certainly not to do it well. So a great way to waste time and instead of that would be to do something intentional, go outside and play, go outside on a walk, go outside and, and look at the sky, do something that seems like it's wasting time, but is actually intentional and will actually make you a whole lot happier and feel a whole lot better by the end of the day. Quit something every week. My friend Bob Goff, who is the author of an amazing book called Love Does, came up with this idea and he's told many folks about it and it's um, just, it's marvelous. Essentially every Thursday, uh, Bob Goff institutes what he calls quit Thursday, where he quits one thing and it can be a big thing or a small thing, but the idea is just each and every week, get in the habit of, of quitting something. And, you know, this feels very big and very scary and very hard to many people. And I think it is at first, but what is key is that you know, over time, if you get in the habit of, you know, regularly paring down your life and regularly quitting something, you realize that this is just an essential step in, in becoming in becoming who you're really meant to be. Stop beating yourself up. Yeah, you know, this is something I do a lot. And so it's this this tip is something that is perhaps more for me than for anyone else, I could say. But, you know, when you do something wrong or when something doesn't go the way you wanted it to go or when your dreams don't don't become fulfilled and in the way you want it, it's so easy to just sit and ruminate and beat yourself up for all the things that could have been and all the things that didn't happen as you wanted them to. And, you know, the best, best advice that wise people can give us in those moments is to just stop, um, is to stop your brain from that, that cycle and get out of it and just stop. It's okay. It's okay that things... Things aren't exactly the way they should have been. Remember, practice makes perfect. You know, practice practice is a funny thing. Many of us don't don't like to practice as as much as we should. Many of us believe that whatever our dreams are should come into reality in ninety days from now, or in six months from now, or a week from now, or even tomorrow. And many of us discount the incredible importance of of really having to practice and really putting in the work to to get to where you want to be. And, you know, I, I firmly believe that practice, even when you feel like you're not getting anywhere, even when you feel like you're you're on a treadmill and not not moving necessarily is is the best thing you can be doing if you have a goal in mind and have a vision for where you where you want to be. Give thanks, you tell us. Sure. My my friend and the amazing writer Anne Voskamp has an incredible book all about this and all about why 
giving thanks is one of the most essential things you can do to be a happier, more whole person. And in her book, you know, she says she goes through this process of counting up to a thousand gifts. So she counts one gift each day. And the gifts aren't, aren't huge, huge things around her. They are small things. They are her seeing a bird in the sky, her, you know, seeing a, a beautiful blade of grass on her farm or the happy smile of one of her kids. And in the book, she really explains how how this act of gratitude has really transformed her life. And when I read that book some years ago, it just really convicted me. And that was sort of when I really finally began to start a gratitude journal, which is what many, many people have recommended. And really, the concept of a gratitude journal is simple. It's just every day going in and, and thanking for something. Um, doesn't have to be big. It can be for the cup of tea next to you that morning. But it's just taking that time to thank because it will help you on a daily basis to feel more of that gratitude. Claire Diaz-Ortiz, our guest, her book, The Better Life, Live the Life You Choose. That's the next topic, Claire. Sure. You know, our lives are are often more up to us than we think. Um, there's a line in a book I was reading recently that said, you are freer than you think. And I think that's a an interesting quote, an interesting thing to remember when we don't feel that way. And so living the life you choose is about figuring out what life you want and then going going after it. And obviously, we, we can't control our lives. We can't control all the things that happen to us, but we can control our reactions and we can control many of the things that do happen. And so the goal is just trying to get out there and, and create Create the best life you can, um, and doing it as well as possible. Next topic, do good, you tell us. You know, I'm all about doing good. I, I spent years working for a nonprofit organization in Africa, and I you know, support many charities. Um, but that said, I don't believe doing good is just about charity work. I think doing good is about figuring out what it is that you can do in this moment or in this day to to help someone or, or to do the right thing or to, to do good in the greater sense. And so I think all of our lives would be, would be a little bit better if we prioritize that step, that act of doing good more. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's an, important, an important one, and it's an important one to remember that it's not, it's not bigger than you think. Doing good can be, can be a small good thing that will make a difference to how you feel and to make a difference to people around you. Now I want you to talk about Remember It's Just Stuff. I remember I read a book some years ago that said, um, it it was, you know, encouraging you to feel more positive. And it was saying, oh, you know, if someone comes in and and steals your television, just think, it's okay. They stole my television, but but I'm fine. And for some reason, it was just this really funny passage in a book that's always stayed with me. And I think it, it reminds me about stuff more than anything. It reminds me that, you know, stuff is, is really just what it is. It is stuff, and it is great to have some stuff. It's not great to have too much stuff, and stuff is really complicated, and we spend so much of our lives working towards stuff and protecting that stuff and feeling bad when we have to get rid of that stuff, and we would all be just a lot better off if we just had, had less of it. Um, so remembering it's just stuff is, is sort of the first step in, in trying to do that. Learn the art of hospitality. 
you know, my husband is an amazing, um, an amazing person when it comes to hospitality. So I've learned immensely from him. And, you know, we live in a country of Argentina where there are, you know, very big extended families and lots of socializing and, you know, a lunch, a lunch event on the weekend runs for nine hours. And so I've learned (laughs) so much from him on this because hospitality is not my strength. And what it's really showed me over the years, learning from him, what it has showed me is, is just the way and the importance of hospitality in in the world and and what it means when when someone else is invited to something and they're not really sure where they are in their life that day and what they might feel like at the end of the day going and and being embraced in a social setting by others is one of the absolute best things that that can possibly happen and so hospitality is 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 really about the other person but then at the end of the day it's also about you because it makes you feel better also to make those social connections and to be with those people. Worry less. Worrying is is one of the most frequent things we all do. And trying to worry less is really, really essential if we want to try to be happier and be more at peace. I, I think a lot about how to worry less and how to go about it. And I think one of the best things to do when you worry about how much you're worrying is just to try more than anything to let it go and to let it go to God. Um, that's what I try to do, but it is it is a struggle each and every day, let me tell you. Claire, I'm delighted we could visit. Uh, thanks a million for your time, and congratulations on your book. It's a good one, The Better Life. Good to talk to you, Claire. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day, and thanks for having me. Claire Diaz-Ortiz, our guest, The Better Life, her book, Uh, We've got a wrap-up right after this on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. It's AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. This just in, death, destruction, and violence. Film at 11. Come on. Is all the news really bad? How about some good news in your daily routine? You'll find it when you log on to Christianity.com. They've got great devotionals, terrific Bible study tools, quizzes, and links to the day's most inspiring stories from around the web. Get good news every day when you set your homepage to Christianity.com. Make a difference in your Internet life. Christianity.com. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Thanks for joining us, folks, for the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. It's uh, been on AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Uh, Sandra McCullum, our guest in that first half hour, I tried until I almost died. That's the name of her book. And then Claire Diaz Ortiz, we reached her in her home in Argentina. And uh, talked about her book, <clears throat> The Better Life. Please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com. The Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And my most recent book is just out. It's called Vince Lombardi on Leadership. Advantage Media Group put the book out. It's available up on Amazon.com right now. And you can also check it out at, uh, at bookstores. In the meantime, uh, have a wonderful weekend. And, and above all, have a great week ahead. And uh, we will be back next weekend for more 
on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. Just a reminder, this is AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida, booming across the I-4 corridor. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 950 WTLN.